live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. You hate how he turns the mic cord to a whip. You suckers just flip, because he's too hip. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life better. Uh, this week, we got a special presentation of the Toys R Us report. It is what is known in the business as... A best of. The best of 2015. It is essentially uh, a bunch of different segments thrown together to make an all-new, all-fun episode. I'm sure I'm sure you're going to be happy with that, my dudes. I want to thank you guys for just for sticking with us all throughout the year. It, uh, it means the world to me to have your support. So, with all that said, oh yeah, Iceberg is here. He's going to check in at the end with a special message from himself. So... With all that said, what else is there to do but... Hit it. I'm not an MC talking all that junk about who can beat who. You sound like a punk. I just get down and I go for mine. Say check one, two and run down the line. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, the greatest podcast in the world. I'm sitting around the station early last week, just doing whatever, when dude knocks on my door, rather dude rings the bell, so, you know, I go, I answer it to see who it is, and it's this guy that I, um, I wouldn't say I know him, but I see him, he lives up around the corner, he has a couple dogs that sit in his front yard, one of them is a red healer, I also have a red healer who goes by the name of Ursa, so I notice him, I notice him and his dogs, but anyway, he is at my door, with a German Shepherd on a leash. It's always weird when somebody that you know but don't really know is at your door. You immediately, you immediately expect the worst. Um, something bad, like maybe, you know, a pet has been injured or one of your children fell down and they're laying in the street and this guy is telling you something of that sort. But anyway, dude has a German Shepherd on a leash and I answer the door and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You know, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. He immediately jumps into it with, um, do you know where this dog lives? I found it, I found it wandering around the street. And I know that you walk your dog around and you see some stuff. And I thought maybe you would know where this dog comes from. So I'm like, oh, the neighbors have German Shepherds. Let me, let me take a look at this one. So I take a look. I am a bit familiar with their dog. I've seen it. It's gotten out a few times. When it gets out, it comes over to my door for whatever reason. Maybe it's smart and it knows I can get him back in the yard. But he comes to the door. I go and I put him back in the yard. So I'm thinking maybe this is the same dog. So I take a look and I check out his tag. And the tag says Kaya, which is the name of the neighbor's dog. Her name is Kaya. So I go, oh, this is her, you know. Uh, let's put her back in the yard. I thought he had found her like I have found her many times before. So we go over to the gate. I pop it open and the dog runs in. But I look in there and I notice two dogs. I know the neighbor has two dogs already, and I'm surprised to see a third. I did not know that they had gotten a third, but the dog that the gentleman found runs right into the yard like it belongs there. The other two dogs don't bother it, so I go, oh, maybe they're just pet-sitting. I don't know. I don't know their business. We're not that close. But anyway, 
I put the dog in there and I go and I write a post-it note on the guy's door saying, Hey, Kaya got out. I put her back in your yard just in case you notice anything amiss, anything out of the ordinary. So I go back to doing whatever I'm doing. And then a while later, dude comes to my door and he's like, Oh, hey, thanks for, it's the neighbor. The neighbor comes to the door and he says, Hey man, thanks for, thanks for finding Kaya. I appreciate you putting her back there. And I tell him no problem. And then I ask him, Hey, when did you get a third dog? And he says, Oh, we don't have a third dog. We only have Kaya. And then we have one other dog. He said the name, but I forget. And I said, that's weird because I saw three dogs. I know that I saw three dogs. I saw them. I noticed it. I paid attention to it. I, I It was in my brain bank. And he says, no, I only have two. So I start thinking to myself, maybe I put some random dog into his yard that did not belong there. But the dog was named Kaya. So I'm thinking, this is not true. Maybe I am seeing things. I start to doubt myself. I didn't really start to doubt myself that bad yet, but I did start to get some doubts because I remember reading somewhere that eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable. You cannot count on what they say. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe you did eyewitness the three dogs, but for whatever reason, you're bugging. Maybe you just saw a cloud of German shepherds. They're all German shepherds, all three of them. Maybe you saw a cloud of them. And got confused, thought you saw three, only saw two. I have to admit, I was not wearing my spectacles like I should be. And the the spectacle factor has to be taken into account. I, I don't have horrible vision, but I could be confused by a big uh, tornado of German shepherds. Anyway, I start thinking that might be it. But then I also think, maybe the dog is hiding somewhere. Maybe I put the dog in there. It's a bit submissive, so it just ran in, but now it's nervous and it's hiding in the bushes. And the neighbor didn't give the yard a thorough check, as far as I would imagine. This is what I'm starting to think. I'm thinking, maybe it's hiding. And then I start to get worried, like, hmm, maybe when dude's kids come home, the dog will jump out and bite one of the kids. So I just feel, I feel like I should go over there and have a second talk with him about it. Just, just to tell him that I'm pretty sure there were three dogs and that maybe, maybe he might want to just stick his head under the porch and make sure that the other Kaya isn't under there. So I, I kind of lingered around the garbage can. It was garbage day, and I knew he'd be out getting the cans at some point. So I kind of I kind of dawdled around the front yard hoping to bump into him, and I did. So I went over, and I'm like, hey, bro, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, I did check. And I go, did you check everywhere? And I'm starting to think I might be sounding like a weirdo, but I go, did you check everywhere? Did you stick your head under the porch? Did you look in the bushes? I just want to know that he checked as thoroughly as I would have wanted to check because his kids are going to come home and I'm like, this jog dog is going to leap out and bite them right off at the head. So he insists to me that he did. And what can I do? I have to take his word for it. It is his kids. It's their safety. So whatever. And I take his word for it. So anyway, I'm, you know, sitting there and then the old lady calls and I tell her what's going on. And she goes, that's really weird. Maybe you saw a ghost. Now, I know I did not see a ghost, but I do know that they did have another dog that passed away last year. She's like, maybe you saw the ghost of that dog. And I'm like, I did not see a ghost. I saw a third dog. But I do think this might be the kind of time where people who believe in ghosts, like if you are already a true believer, you might convince yourself that you did, in fact, see a ghost. You might decide that, yes, it was a ghost. I no longer want to think about this. I am now amongst a group of people who have seen a spirit. I I do not believe in spirits in any way. I enjoy Art Bell. I enjoy Dark Matter Radio and all that kind of Brian Alvarez after dark stuff. I love ghosts. I love Bigfoot. But I don't really actually believe in any of that. But I do like to hear about it. But anyway, I tell her I did not see a ghost. I saw three dogs. I'm not, I am not the one. So she thinks about it for a second and she goes, you know, 
maybe, maybe it is possible that the guy came over and got the dog because he discovered it belonged to somebody else. And I go, no way that is impossible. The dog is named Kaya, and it was also a German Shepherd. What are the odds that there are two German Shepherds named Kaya in the same neighborhood? So she says, you know, I'm on my way home right now, and I'm going to stop at that guy's house, and I'm going to ask him, I need to get to the bottom of this. And I go, hey, do your thing. So she stops over there, and she asks the guy, and then a few minutes later, she comes home, and she tells me, yeah, he came and he got it. He was in the street, and he saw somebody walking around yelling Kaya, so he's like, oh, there's a, I took your dog over here and put it in this yard. So, in fact, there were two German Shepherds named Kaya. Yes, there were two Kayas on the same street within a couple houses of each other, unknown to each other. Just totally weird. And then what's even weirder is I mentioned this story to 2.0, and she said, oh, there are actually two kids named Kaya at my school. I'm just like... What is this? Are there a lot of Kayas around where you live? If there is, hit me up on Twitter. It's at ICRobots, I-S-E-E Robots. Hit me up, hashtag Kaya, uh, K-A-Y-A, I think. But I think the neighbor actually spells it K-A-I-A, but I don't know. That's, that's his trip. So anyway, I gotta, I feel like I gotta complete this mission. I gotta complete the circle. So I go over to bro next door's house, and I'm just like, dude, check it out. I got to the bottom of it. I I went over, well, my wife went over, and she talked to the dude, and yes, there is another Kaya. The other Kaya was in your yard. It was removed, and now, um, now we know. Now we know the truth. I'm thinking how weird this is, and I don't really, I don't know if I am getting across how weird this was to me. It was a period of an hour And during this time, it was really, really, like, all I was thinking about. Trying to get to the bottom of this Kaya mystery. Because I knew I saw three dogs. People were insistent there was only two. And it it just gets really weird when you start to doubt your faculties. I'm like, oh my god. Am I losing it? Am I getting weird? Is this it for me? Is this it for my brain? Am I entering Alzheimer's at an early age? But I am not. Mystery solved. Everything is great. It's all good in the hood. I think this might be the single longest story I have ever told on the Toys R Us report. And I apologize if it's not your thing, but man, it was weird to me. And just put yourself in my shoes for a minute and imagine that you are tripping out about a dog in a yard and blah, blah, blah. All right, up next, at the movies. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Let's go. As the world fell, each of us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy. Me or everyone else. Mad Max was so great. I loved it so much. It it was one of the best movies I have ever seen in my life. Easily one of the best action movies I've ever seen. From start to finish, it was just fantastic. And I can't really say that I have ever been a big fan of the earlier movies. I've seen them. I thought they were cool, but I'm not a Mad Max fanatic by any means. This movie, though, it blew me away. The stunts are great. Oh, it was just so great. You need to go see it right now. If you have not seen it already, I cannot recommend it high enough. I don't want to give away too 
too much of the plot. I don't like to review movies that way. I kind of want to say, I saw it, I think you'll like it. I saw it, I don't think you'll like it. I don't want to ruin the story. But um, what is fantastic about the movie is they practically invent a whole new culture, a whole new way of dress, a whole new everything. It is just so creative. That's what I really appreciate about a movie. I want to see some additional ideas on top of the plot. I want the plot to be cool, but I want you to also toss in a few ideas here and there that are thought-provoking. And this has really neat ideas and things that are really going to keep you wondering, like, how did they come to do this? How did they come to develop in this way? What was the basis of this civilization? Things like that. Real cool, real thought-provoking stuff. It is just really, really great. Oh, this is kind of funny. When we were leaving the theater, there was a lady standing there next to another older lady, maybe like 60, 65, kind of a fuddy-duddy type, and um, she had left the movie earlier because it was just too weird for her, and she was standing there waiting for her, her husband or her boyfriend or whoever to came out. She grabbed him by the arm gently. She wasn't aggressive or anything, but she grabbed him and she said, I cannot believe that you have taken me to see this piece of garbage. This is the worst, weirdest movie I have ever seen. And he looked at her and said, hey, you didn't have to come and just kept going. And I'm like, you tell her, brother. And you know what? When you see an old lady is super upset by a movie, you know you've done something right. She really should have just stuck around, though, because toward the end of the movie, they introduce a whole cadre of really kick-butt old ladies, man. They are some of the coolest characters in the movie, and maybe they would have, you know, ignited a spark under her to get her more, uh, a little more of a butt-kicking attitude. Anyway, the movie is great. Go see it. Go see it twice. I might actually go see it again. The movie has a real super positive feminist message. I might take my daughter. It's rated R, but I might take her to go see it just to see Charlie Theron's Furiosa and how much tail she kicks. This is the single greatest thing that Charlize Theron has ever done. She is a really killer character. By the end of it, you're going to love Furiosa so much. Good stuff. Take your daughters. Take everybody. Ten thumbs up. ISR approved. Get ready for the Retro Marketplace. Okay, I see robots. This is your one chance. Show them what you got. G.I. Joe, Infantry Trooper, Grunt. I liked Grunt when I was a kid. I still like Grunt. I like how he is just a basic infantry soldier. The figure, which was a first series Joe, came with simply a helmet, an M16, and a backpack. All of the basic things that an infantry dude of the uh, Vietnam era would have. And as we all know, I am a Vietnam mark. I just really dug how dude came with a good old trustworthy M16. That was the gun that I would see dudes on China Beach or, I don't know, uh, Hamburger Hill, whatever silly Vietnam movies, White Ghost that I was watching at the time, those dudes had an M16, so to me, that was just the gun to have, and it was really cool how Grunt came with one of those, as opposed to, like, a laser blaster or a, uh, lightsaber. Because what I had at the time mostly was Star Wars dudes and Fisher-Price adventure people, so Grunt brought a much-needed breath of realism to my fantasy world of Star Wars, Clash of the Titans, 
and things like that. I just really dug Grunt and his simplicity, but I never felt that he got his due in the cartoons or anything like that until one day he was part of a storyline that like totally tripped me out at the time. The episodes were titled Worlds Without End, and in it, the G.I. Joe team members travel into alternate universe where Cobra has taken over the entire planet. Can you believe it? Can you believe how horrible that would be? I was familiar with the idea of multiple universes from DC's multiverse, so I was not, I wasn't too surprised to see G.I. Joe do something like this, but what happened in it really tripped me out. More or less, here is what happens in the episode. After a hard battle with the Dreadnoughts and Zartan, Steeler is questioning to the other dudes why they even bothered to fight, when it just seems like one endless battle after another. They kind of debate it back and forth, with one side saying there is a reason to fight Cobra, the reason being Cobra is awful, and the other side, which is mostly Steeler, saying, I just, I don't see the reason for fighting all the time, it just, it's never going to end, and he decides it would be the right time for him to quit the G.I. Joe team and go back into whatever it was he would do besides being in the army, I don't know what purpose there would be for a tank driver. Maybe he could drive some kind of construction equipment. I don't know. At any rate, he decides to leave the team when they reach their rendezvous point and get sprayed by a mysterious weapon that sends them to an alternate universe where Cobra is ruling the entire planet with an evil Iron Fist. Is there any other kind of Iron Fist? Maybe a firm Iron Fist. Cobra does not have a firm Iron Fist, though. They have an evil Iron Fist. They have slave labor camps and any other horrible thing you can't imagine in a Cobra ruled world. In this world, Cobra won the war many years ago and have since turned the world into their evil image. The G.I. Joe team has been crushed. The pit has been buried. Mount Rushmore has a picture of Cobra Commander on it. Things are as bad as they can be when the Joe boys discover that the barrenness of all people is a G.I. Joe sympathizer and a former lover of Steeler. And when I say a former lover of Steeler, I don't mean that she was a fan of the Pittsburgh football team back in the day of Mean Joe Green. I mean that she was a girlfriend of the tank driver. So anyway, the dudes used the Baroness's affection for Steeler to manipulate their way into a plan to escape. But at the last minute, they decide not to escape. Well, some of them do escape, but Steeler decides to stay behind and help with the resistance movement. And Grunt, being a loyal buddy to Steeler, he's says, hey man, I'll stay behind too. This blew my mind. One of my favorite figures was going to be off the show and off the show he was, it was like he was dead. I felt really weird about it. I thought about these adventures in my head. I imagined what he was doing on this parallel earth. I wanted there to be a cartoon and I still think it would have been a cool idea to have a cartoon to see Steeler and Grunt on Cobra World leading a resistance movement to overthrow the evil forces of Cobra and Destro. We did not get such a thing, but I, I would from time to time pretend with my Steeler and my Grunt that they were on this planet doing these things. It wasn't like a frequent playtime of mine, but it was something that I would do occasionally. The two guys eventually did pop back up into the cartoon. I don't know what that was about, and I didn't really like it that there wasn't a story about it. It wasn't something that I focused on a lot. Alright, so let's dig into the VHS vault here and find a commercial. Alright, hold on. Um, oh yeah, I got one from the first appearance grunt. The grunt of the first series, G.I. Joe. This is one of the earliest commercials. Alright, um, here it is. Okay, go. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's 
here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry Trooper. Codename Grunt. Bazooka Soldier. Codename Zap. Motor Soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser Rifle Trooper. Codename Flash. Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications Officer. Codename Breaker. Machine Gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet. Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Grunt was first released in 1982 as part of the 16 initial Joe releases. He's an OG. An OGI Joe, as it were. OGI Joe. You can tell that it is a first series Grunt because he has a straight arm, as do all the initial 16. It wasn't until the next year that they added the swivel arm battle grip. That was a deal where the guy could twist at the forearm. His arm could twist all the way around. It made it easier to hold a rifle. Well, it made it easier to get the rifle in their hand and tuck it under their armpit. I wonder if when Dude tried to sell the swivel arm battle grip to the higher ups at Hasbro, if he used the old Kung Fu grip as a comparison. Like, you remember the Kung Fu grip? That was our best seller. I got the new, the new Kung Fu grip for the new days. It's called swivel arm battle grip. It's guaranteed to move some units. I I wonder if he tried something of that sort, and I imagine that he must have, it just seems like, a, it seems like an obvious way to sell something to the dudes up above you in the Hasbro ladder. Computer, bring up that file I have on Grunt, his personal information. Right away, here you go. Alright, let's have a gander at this. Computer off. You got it. Grunt was born in Columbus, Ohio, and his given name is Robert Graves. He was an E-4 or a corporal in the United States Army. That is not a very high rank. That, I believe, is the second. I believe it goes corporal, I mean private, corporal, sergeant, and then you're an officer, I believe a lieutenant. So I guess they did not have the hardest, most extensive hiring practices in the early days of G.I. Joe's, I guess, because you would have to be one heck of a corporal to make it into the elite fighting force of our nation. It does say in his record that he graduated in the top 10 of his class, but wouldn't you think that you would have to graduate number one in your class to uh, make it onto the G.I. Joe squad? I guess, I guess, I don't know. Do you know what I do know? I keep saying I don't know, but what I do know is that Grunt was in the same platoon back in the day with Stalker, Snake Eyes, and all those other fellas, so I would think they just knew him, and they knew what he had inside of him. They knew that. They knew he was the best. They knew that he was going to be as good of a Grunt as you could get, and I guess he is so good of a Grunt that his name is actually Grunt. That's like being named Doc. Like, your nickname is Doc, and you are in the doctor profession. You have to be one heck of a Doc to have that name, and you have to be one heck of a Grunt to have the name Grunt. I don't know why I didn't think about this in the first place. The G.I. Joe's team doctor is nicknamed Doc. They just go out there, and they find the best. They go into whatever profession they happen to be looking for, find the dude with the name that is most suited for that profession, the nickname. They find the dude with the highest, most appropriate nickname, and then they hire him. You're looking for a command? Get the guy whose nickname is Snake Eyes. You know that guy is going to be bad to the bone. You want to get a ranger? Go find somebody named Stalker because you know that guy will be bad to the bone. I believe that their nickname had something to do with the actual G.I. Joe hiring process. All right, sorry about that sojourn, but we will now get back onto the topic of Grunt. Grunt. 
Front After Infantry School continued on to Advanced Infantry School. I went on GoArmy.com and I looked that up. Your basic infantry training is sort of like junior college. It's where you go to get the degrees up into a associate's degree. Your basic skills. And then after that, you move on to Advanced Infantry Training where you learn a more specialized skill such as military, police procedures, or air defense, or even in some cases, office skills. The ar- you know, the Army needs file clerks too. There is nothing wrong with being a file clerk because you're out there serving. You are serving by filing military records. And well, as we all know, an army runs on its record keeping. I don't think we all know that. I think I I think I was going to say something else and somehow it came out record keeping. At any rate, what Grunt studied in advanced infantry training was to be an artillery coordinator. That sounds like a management position, don't you think? Artillery coordinator. It does sound important though. You got to make sure you don't drop bombs on your friends. You got to make sure you don't drop bombs on your moms. Very important position and that is what Grunt moved on to after uh, basic infantry training. Computer, can you get me that file on the Grunt action figure releases, please? I will find them shortly. Here they are. Enjoy. I'll do my best. Thanks a lot. Computer off. You got it. So Grunt was released initially in 1982, but then was released again in 1983 with the aforementioned swivel arm battle grip. Another change that they made was to give him a smaller waist piece. I would say a cod piece. That piece around the, uh, crotchal area. They gave him a smaller one. The first 1982 version looks more, it looks like a diaper. The other one from 1983 is more slimmed down. And, well, it gives him a nice cut. It doesn't look so much like he has, uh, pleated pants. It looks more like he has a nice smooth front pants. Another difference between the two is that the 1983 release of Grunt has a smaller backpack hole and a smaller backpack peg. So if you try to put the 1983 backpack onto the 1982 Grunt, it will fit, but it will kind of wiggle about a little, uh, a little bit. There was also a second Grunt released in 1983. This one wore a tan uniform and came packaged with the G.I. Joe Falcon Attack Glider. Ugh. I coveted this toy as a kid. Do you recall the commercial for this? In the commercial, the glider is doing amazing flips and turns. It's beautiful. It is beautifully soaring through the sky with an action figure attached to it. I could not have wanted this more. When I did finally get it, I discovered it was nothing but foam. It was a foam glider with a little uh, a plastic hook underneath to hold grunt. First, maybe second, third time I threw it. It broke, and it was the same for almost everybody I know who got one of these. I believe that there was some kind of a way to get replacement wings. There was something you could send in a few bucks and get a replacement wing, but I don't think there was anybody out there who did that. I can't imagine anybody's parents falling for it. It's an obvious money-making scam, and well, it might have been a good one, I guess. In theory, even though I didn't know anyone who actually pulled the trigger on it. The glider was a fun toy, a fun toy in theory, Bad toy in execution. All right, so let's look around here in the old VHS stack and see what we can find. I think that I do have one for the glider. After that, we're going to come back and talk about what it's going to set you back to get Grunt into your G.I. Joe collection. Here we go. All right, here we go. The G.I. Joe Falcon Glider Flying high in the sky Sailing through the air He's America's fighter G.I. Joe can fly G.I. Joe He's a real American hero Flying high in the sky He's G.I. 
chase and cobra in a desperate race. Soaring and diving in a great sky chase. You did, G.I. Joe Falcon Glider and Cobra Viper Glider sold separately. Figures included from Hasbro. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. You won't be sorry for long. Okie doke, thanks for sticking through the commercial. It appears here on eBay, if you want to get a complete grunt off the card with the backpack, the helmet, the gun, file card, the whole thing, it can cost you as low as 20 bucks, up to as high as maybe 25 or even 30 bucks, depending upon condition. If you want to get the figure without the accessories, you could probably get one for 8 to $10, and the gun, the helmet, and whatever, they go for about $15 a piece. So whether you do it by piece or all together at the same time, it's going to cost you about 25, 30 bucks for a grunt. Here is a nice sale of a grunt on the card. This is a 1982 straight arm grunt on the card and someone got it for 130 bucks. That seems like a pretty good deal to me for one of the original G.I. Joe OG G.I. Joes. Just doesn't seem like he was that popular of a character. The tan grunt might set you back a bit more. $5 more, maybe a little bit around something like that. Not very much. Here is a file card. Somebody sold just the file card loose for $12.50. That's pretty good, I guess, for a piece of cardboard, right? Let's have a look at the Falcon Glider. Let's see, somebody here got a good deal. They got 99 bucks. They picked up a Falcon Glider in the box with, it's, it's complete. It's complete. It's not broken. So to me, that seems like it would be hard to find. I wouldn't think that like I said, everybody broke there. So finding one that was still in working order might be hard to go buy and get. Okay, here we go. Here, somebody else has one in a nicer box than the first one, but they put it up for auction and they wound up with 670 bucks. That seems more aligned with what I would imagine. I think the first person with the 99 bucks, they just kind of underpriced it and ended up taking a loss on that one, quite frankly. Here is another one that went to auction, but they only wound up with 242 bucks. That's still pretty good. Here's one from Argentina, went up for auction, got about 220. So this, this is probably going to set you back a bit if you want to get a Falcon Glider. I would think... I would think I would be happy with just the box. I'm going to put it up and display it. It's not like I am going to take the glider out and toss it around, especially paying a, a pretty penny for it. So maybe if you see one that is incomplete with the box, you might want to go that direction. It's a display piece, not a play piece because it's whack. Anyway, that's about all we need to know about Grunt and what it's going to set you back. So let's move into the final segment of the show known as the... Toys R Us report. All right, let's kick the ballistics. Hit it. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Blue snuggle teeth and yap face out of here. Migos and G.I. Joe out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us report. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with the show this far. I do appreciate all your support and all the time you spend listening. All right, let's take a look at how things went over at the toy stores this week. Hold on. Uh, I'm getting a report. It's uh, breaking news. Hold on. We're going to interrupt the show. Breaking news. This is a Toys R Us news update. All the toys, all the time. Success, success. We have found the Sabine Wren Star Wars Rebels. We got a hot tip. From our good buddy Willie from the ColecoVisions podcast, that 
there have been some Sabine sighted at Kohl's. So, we went to Kohl's, didn't find any. Went to Kohl's again, and yes, we found it. It is here in my hand, and let me tell you, it is a fantastic action figure. Comes with two guns that go into the holsters on her pants. Has that awesome pink Mandalorian armor. All I can say is, we are super happy. All right, back to our show, Joined in Progress. And that's what we found over at the Walgreens. That's what we found over at Target. Okay, guys, we're going to head for the hills. That's about it for the Toys R Us report. Make sure to check us out over on the RetroJunkies.com. They got a new website. It's really great. I cannot tell you how awesome it is. Make sure, please, drop by virtualdirtmall.com and help us out with a generous purchase. That's the best way to support the show. All the money goes directly into my pocket, which I got to tell you, I need it. I always need it. Money, money, money. Send it to me, virtualdirtmall.com. Follow us on Twitter. That's at ICRobots. You can follow us on Facebook, backslash ICRobots. Without further ado, this is Toys R Us Report, episode number 30, signing off. If you don't know, now you know. Three, four, four. Yo, listen, dog, this is the iceberg, and I want to thank all you dudes for listening. I really mean it, man. I don't wanna get all sentimental and ladylike or anything, but we all got feelings right. There ain't nothing I can do about that but on the real tip. I just wanna wish all you all a great New Year's and all that stuff. Mad peace and chicken grease to everyone out there on Earth and all affiliated planetoids moons and space stations this has been one hell of a great year and it's only going to get better as we go on i'm out this has been an ic robots radio production